Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Do you think, asks my brother, hands on little hips, that mum doesn't love us enough? And that's why we have to live with grandma and granddad. We are going door to door, collecting for worldwide advent missions, selling images of thin, smiling African children to the families in the neighbourhood. My grandparents in the church are behind this. We are head to toe in matching denim shirt and jean sets. I nub my head. I think she loves us a bit, but not as much as other people's mums. Is it because we're black? Grandad says that the world hates black people. No, because the people at church are brown and all of them are with their mums and mum is brown too. Grandad says that we're black, not brown. Coal is black. Night and evil things are black. Brown sounds nicer. Say brown, okay? Okay. A teenager with deep-set eyes and a shaved head opens the door and yells at whoever is in there that there are two gollies on the doorstep before pounding up the stairs. The next thing we know, the parents are staring down at us. In his sweet little voice, my brother launches into a perfectly rehearsed, we're collecting for Adventist trust. Would you like a postcard or a fridge magnet? Their faces relax a little and they shake their heads no, but they give us 50 pence each anyway. The lady is clutching a gold cross on a pendant around her stringy neck. They ask us if the children on the leaflets are people we know, and we lie and say, yes, they're all our cousins. They ask us whereabouts in Africa we're from, but my brother doesn't know, and I guess at Nigeria, but I'm not sure if I said it right. We don't look like the children in the pictures, but the couple don't seem to notice. The couple tell us our English is very good and say they feel so very sorry for the third world and all of its problems. It's because your leaders are corrupt, the man says. They just won't govern themselves correctly. They want all the money and power for themselves and they don't give a toss about you people. Shame. We say thanks for the coins. And when they shut the door... I'm feeling dark red things, and I don't know why. 
I spin around to my brother and tell him that mum is destined to go to hell, straight to hell, because she is a Jezebel who had children without being married and neither one of us knows our fathers and that she's also a gambler because she goes to bingo and plays the national lottery, which is a massive sin. I am angry with mum a lot these days because we love her so much and we never ever see her. On Sundays, my brother and I stare out of the window, counting every white car that goes by, all the while hoping that she'll come and pick us up and take us home to stay. This evening, we make £12 from the people in our area. The best day yet. Even better, we get home and mum is there. There are tight knots in my tummy. There is wind in my body whistling through the loops and twists. I can hear it. I want to seem mature and not too excited to see her standing here, but it's difficult. Difficult because she always feels like a dream. I inhale. I blow out. I squeeze my buttocks together to stop the air escaping. She looks, oh, she looks a superstar, brilliant. Her hair is shiny past her shoulders and she smells like strawberries. She's brought us a tub of Neapolitan ice cream to share. She spoons it out into two of the yellow bowls for us and her nails are shiny and red. Grandma is hanging around with an odd expression on her face and says, ice cream later, Marcia, explain the thing to the child now. Mum takes me upstairs to my room. My brother has to go and let Grandma bathe him because it's almost dinner time. What is a golly? He's asking her as they disappear into the bathroom. Mum says, get on the bed, sweetheart. She said she has something to tell me, something important. And so I'm thinking, I should never have thought or said those things about Mum. We must be going back to live with her. Maybe she loves us lots and lots and lots and we just didn't know it. My stomach is flipping out by now. The wind in me is sighing and rumbling around my hip area, wanting so much to escape. There are moths in my belly, pretty pink moths, darkening. When will she leave? Will it be soon? I hope not. Marcia says I need to listen carefully, but I do not make it onto my high bed until she lets it drop. Your dad is dead, she says. Liver failure, drank himself to death. She takes a spoonful of ice cream from my bowl. I so wanted him to meet his little girl. He would have loved you. She bites at the scoop with her beautiful teeth. And all I can think is, beauty makes everything bearable. Welcome to Multi Lit, guys. Um, Today we're joined by the amazing writer, poet, performer, Yasa Daly Ward. And that was a reading from her new memoir, The Terrible. Welcome, Yosa. Oh, thank you. So good to be here, <laughs> finally. That was beautiful. Oh, that was amazing. You. It's so it's so surreal, like, having you, like, in the vicinity. For real. Yeah. I've read the book, like, three, four times. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I read it in March, and then I read it in April, twice, then I read it in May. It was your, it was that spring. is surreal. That's surreal for me to hear, It was actually. your spring really? read. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, read it this, I read it today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's fresh God. in my mind. How long did it take you to read it? I started at six. Yeah, started at six. Okay. Because mm. it's a quick read, I think. I think it is, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but you kind of, you chew on certain passages mm. as well, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is quite a quick read. Yeah, it's but, quite um, a good read. So it's an all-consuming mm. read as well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but how is everybody this week? Yeah, how's another episode doing? So of we're Mostly Lit, start actually. waxing lyrical about... <laughs> 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 Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit, guys. How's everybody's week's been? Oh, 
mine's a bit of a I feel I was saying before I just feel it's a bit surreal because I'm in the middle of a tour and this jet lag like, has been like lingering for three weeks because I've been in a million different places so everything feels like really strange and surreal and dreamlike but I'm, I'm enjoying that mm. you know uh, I'll be back like I'll soon be back in New York in like three days so oh, everything man. is just yeah but I like that. It's, yeah. it's different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, no time's the same, really, is it? It's just bouncing oh, back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Alex? How you been? Oh, no, I'm good, man. I've been, had a pretty good week. We did um, barely. Um, With Kyle Chingoni. Yeah, Kyle Chingoni. A week ago today, wasn't it? Do you it? not do nothing? Do you not do anything in your in your week, Alex? No. You never have anything to say? <laughs> I never have anything. Because, like, what am I... Cause I'm part, apart from saying... I don't... thing is, like, when you go, oh, what are we doing each week? Derek would be like, oh, you know, I've been working... Having this, that, and the other, and I'm like, it's obvious. Well, obviously, I have no life, but you're like, you're a socialite. Huh? Like you, you is he a socialite? Alex is a socialite. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we went to Amagannon's book launch. That was amazing. Um, you had to meet Amagannon. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, the multi-hyphenate method. That was um, that was good. But I had really I had a really slow and quiet week this week, which mm. I needed. Yeah, I needed. Um, that's all. Same with me, just work. <laughs> Haven't done much, actually. Going yeah. to a couple of events this week, so that should be fun. That, that so I'll have something fun. to talk about next week when we when we come to record. Finally. But other than that, just um, just trying to read. Like, you know, I've started... So I'm giving away all my books. I'm trying to pick out 100 that I want to read for the rest of my life and just what? keep them. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yes, so, this is I've what got, he does, yes, sir. I've got so many books, and I just thought, I need to get rid of these well, books. Why, though? I don't... One is taking up space... Two, I just realised that I'm keeping these books for, like, vanity's sake. Oh, yeah, so that you can be like, I Yeah, oh, look at my, all of my oh, books. Yeah, I have yeah, that yeah. And it's almost like I'm yeah. collecting my thoughts. So, I, like, I feel like once I read a book, I acquire a certain level of information in my head. If I throw the book away, then somehow it disappears, which is ridiculous. So, I just thought, okay, just get rid of the books. Just keep a hundred of my favourites that I would just love to read over and over again. Yeah. And that. So, yeah, just slowly picking out ones that putting them on top like yeah I want to read that I'll read this for the rest of my life blah blah <laughs> oh that sounds like a bit of a commitment like at least the 100 that I'm going to read for the rest of my life like over and over again yeah I mean it does but then there's some books that <laughs> I just know I'm I'm never going to get bored of they might fall out of favour with me mm. but I know they'll fall back in at mm. some point you just want to have them exactly like I'll never forever. not want to read Invisible Man I know that for a fact I'll never not want to read Gold Tail on the Mount I know that for a fact or uh-huh. The Unbearable Lightness of Being I'll never not want to read those books they were the first books that I picked mm-hmm. out and obviously The Great Gatsby and, and those other books but it's That's true. I think slow it, process wise I'm low key it. I might do that as well actually look at the books that I want to keep but I don't know, man. There's so many books on my shelves that I haven't read yet. So I've got a whole pile at the bottom. And that's a problem because you're never going to read them, bro. We say we will, but we'll <laughs> then I'll, read, I'll read them. Oh, you get through it. You know, I started collecting a few books of mine actually to to sell and put out, put back out there, like a car boot sale or something. You're not going to get much for them. You know, you sell them for like two quid. Yeah, that's what I would sell them for. Why don't you just like, you could just like leave them in random places. I, always, I, like like, I think that. I'm going to start doing that as well. Yeah. I, I had an idea to like get some of my books and just put them leave them on the tube yeah and whoever picks them up picks them up um, in the park it's, I like it's, that. it's sunny now so people will just see a book and pick it up because I've seen people there was this whole initiative for the tube that they put um, oh it's still there it's still there yeah. yeah so I remember like finding books on the tube like, oh, yeah they call they? it book crossing yeah, you just it. say yeah yeah so I might yeah. do that actually I like the idea of that but I like I would like to know who's picked up my book see, how long they've had it for and where they put it 
back. What? Ooh, that you know sounds I mean? very yeah. It sounds very involved. Yeah, you? exactly. You haven't quite let, let go, go of the book. Of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let go of the book. But yeah, some stations have like bookshelves, and you can just pick books up and stuff. Yeah, I know they have that in North London and places. I like. I live in um, Brooklyn, and so like we, I always, always when I'm walking in certain neighborhoods, I see like you just leave your books out on the pavement for whoever um, wants to read them to to you know wants the book to kind of. You know, adopt mm. that book. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'll go, so it'll be like Sunday morning, you'll walk around the corner and you'll like see a whole lot of books so you can just take them home. Mm. I like that. Oh, lot. that's interesting. I've, yeah. never, I've never come across that in the UK before. Yeah, they need to do They're it. They're too conservative here for some no, reason. No, but, but I actually, I was going through a little crisis. I think it was a crisis. And I thought, I want to get rid of all my books. How can I do this the fastest way? I thought, I'm not driving them all the way to like a charity shop because I, I couldn't be bothered so what I did was I, <laughs> I got like 50 I picked up one of those you know like those blue chairs that you find in in like hall parties and stuff in community centres <laughs> yeah. so I put that outside I had a couple of those in my back garden put it in front of my house put like loads of books on it and I thought okay people are going to come and do this so I thought I'll come back in an hour and I'll see which books people have taken fam I came back out the books are gone the fucking chair's gone as well oh my god <laughs> so they oh took god. someone probably just lifted up the chair yeah, and the took thing. everything I was like wow is that what they're really on around yeah, here they were, hard, mm. they were hard up <laughs> like, took the, the, the that book, busted the chair, chair they took as well the chair, to sit on, the chair to sit on it to Mate. read it as well yeah but anyway what's everybody reading I'm reading Difficult Women um, by Roxane Gay and Ooh. yeah it's my um, it's been my complain companion and I love short stories as well because I don't know my, I feel like my attention span is just yeah. not you know it's just really waning it's not as strong as it was which is it's like really disappointing yeah, um, I'm trying to like get it back I'm trying to do various exercises to get it back but um, while I've got my short attention span this is perfect because mm. you get that like instant gratification of like the beginning, middle, and the end. Yeah, you it's know? like it's like a nice chunk yeah. of stuff that you need at that moment, and then you, that's all you kind of get. Yeah, and I like the way she gets to the heart of, of things, mm. and she writes like about gritty and difficult subjects. Definitely, which, you know. Which is your favorite story in there? Um. Oh gosh, I am a knife. No, 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 no. There were so many. I guess that's hard. That's hard for me. There's there's one called I am a. I think it's called I am a knife. She repeats that a lot through it. I mm. think it's called that. Um, oh, there's so many. There's so many. Have you got to the um the leaking one where do, everywhere she goes is like a leak? Yes, the, uh, the water. The yeah, water the one. Water follows her everywhere. Yeah, I love that though. I love it too. And I was kind of like, we had a big discussion about it. what does the water signify. I was like, oh, it, it it signifies menstruation, right? That's what I thought. Oh goodness. But then, but then I I saw an interview with Roxanne Gay after my friend pointed out she was just like I had a leak in my roof one day and I wanted to write about it. But obviously Ooh. don't believe a writer when they say that. But yeah. Like, Maybe something subconscious that like, I, I thought about weight and like, you know, the like heaviness. So, you know, like, a, you know, like in the same way that like kind of depression can follow you or like something otherworldly can like, can like settle on you mm. and you can't, you know, get rid of it. That's what I thought. About, obviously, she just had a leak. So. <laughs> yeah, that's all she says. That was, that was a strange, that was a strange story. Yeah. That was a strange story. What are you reading, Alex? I'm reading Roxane Gay, but I'm reading... Um, she's republished uh, a short story collection called Aiti, mm. which is, uh, like, well, based around her Haitian heritage. And she just kind of... A lot of the stories are about that, about ha- being Haitian in Haiti, being Haitian mm. in New York and whatnot, and just various places across the US. And um, she just writes so well. Like yeah. she, the way she just captures you and just drags you into this story. There was so many, like 
she um there was another there was one that she was writing about like having like doing voodoo on uh, on a crush like when the characters did what the voodoo on the crush when she was down in down in Haiti and it was like it was amazing and I felt like oh when could this story end it's really encapsulated in the henna storytelling and then when it got to the end I was like oh some of them are like oh. a page and a half long some of yeah. them are like six seven pages long so you just varied, like you're just kind of up and down with like the tempo of the I collection. Love that. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. What about you? What are you reading? Um, I'm rereading wait, uh, "Waiting for Godot." Oh, by oh. Samuel Beckett. Yes. Um, I don't know. Obviously, my mood always dictates what I read, and I was just in some strange mood, so I just picked that up and started. Oh no, no, sorry, no. I was reading um, a small like biography of his, mm. and it was basically saying how the reason why he was so like. Um, Nihilistic in a way, and the way why he was so obsessed with absurdity was because he had a real tough life, and he was sick from like childhood all mm. through his life and stuff. And he had all of these issues, and they were basically just like so. Obviously, that coloured his worldview and whatnot, blah blah blah. And then I just kind of thinking, well, what about people who haven't gone through that, and that is still their worldview? Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I picked up Wayne for Godot, started reading that. Still don't one hundred percent understand it <laughs> um, because he he's adamant that he's not talking about God. Mm. He's like, if I wanted to write about God, I'd write about God. But and again, you can't trust the writer to explain yeah. their work to you. But and you can't talk about it. Now, um, but yeah, so, well, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm reading. Oh, okay, waiting for Godot. Righty, radio. So we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of the terrible, aren't we, Issa? <sighs> Well, yes. I mean, where do you start? There's a lot of... Grit. Where do you start? There's a lot of grit. Oh, man. This book... Oh. This book was encapsulating. I started at the beginning, you know. I mean, what with The Terrible, was this something that when you started your writing career, you always planned to write eventually? No, no absolutely not. Um, I didn't I didn't want to write a memoir. I would never... I'm not really, like, somebody who, first of all likes talking about themselves and this has been interesting because it's it's kind of all I'm doing on this tour which is like I've had to learn to be like really uncomfortable and still carry on yeah. um and yeah I wouldn't because I'm I'm like a private person actually so it's weird that it happened but then um with bone uh, the the first book which is like a collection of poems um I came across this agent that I really wanted like I've been writing things for years and like submitting them and of course like it just it wasn't like it wasn't wasn't good enough you know as a kid um and and then this agent came along and I, who I really really wanted and so uh, she was like do you have anything else and I didn't have anything but I was like of course you know I did what anyone would do and just <laughs> just lied yeah of course <laughs> then she was like well can you send it and I was like oh god like, like, what am I gonna so just, I just quickly like wrote like 30 pages of what I thought would be like a fictional um you know piece about like children and magic and like you know how we can like see into other dimensions sometimes when really difficult things are happening at home and uh and then I realized that everything I'd written was true but I sent it anyway I just thought well this is the chance to to speak to that agent and then she really liked it and then I had to continue because I was like well it looks like I'm writing a memoir (laughs) but yeah I would never have like chosen to do that it's been an interesting process so you fully fell into it like, fell like no, fell. you got you threw yourself yeah mistake. yeah because oh, you know those are things in there that like are things that i never thought i would tell another living person like very like personal to me and uh no well, it's just one of those things it's it's, oh, it's there now mm. you know well, well thank you first of 
So what, what was what was the hardest thing to write in there? Oh, a lot of like um, just just things that that can be judged. You know, things things about drugs, things about sex and mm. sexuality. You know. And and also a lot of things about race, you know. Even though it's a, we we talk about it now, they're no longer like non-topical subjects. Yeah. But you know, we all have different ways in in, in in which we express. And I'm not like a huge talker, um, so that I didn't expect to like um, come out with all of that stuff. But when you write about a life, you write about issues and you write about uh, difficult aspects as well. So there wasn't one thing that you like like you put pen to paper obviously so to speak and you thought I don't know if I can put this in here there was never I don't know if I can put this in here because a thing that happens almost subconsciously when you're writing the memoirs if you start doing that and excavating like like the the difficulty from it then you or you automatically like by omission you're kind of not not really not really doing it and you've got to do things from the heart like with 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 your guts and you've got to yeah, yeah. otherwise what's the point mm. you know i just write about other people you know i'll you know i'll just write about other other difficult things that aren't quite me but if i'm gonna like decide to do that then that's what it's gonna be mm. and that means like scaring myself as well you know yeah. but that's part of it mm. you know mm. Mm. it's important in art to to you've got to stretch yourself mm. yeah, yeah be honest too yeah yeah all right let's, so let's start at the beginning then um the heavy Christian influence there. How? How did you like? Think, how did you navigate that? Because that was that was really intense. Because I didn't. I'm not Seventh Day Adventist. Like mm. growing up, I wasn't Seventh Day Adventist, so mm. I wasn't something that I knew existed, quote unquote, until I was like what, eighteen mm. or whatnot. But what was like? I know you've like mentioned it in the book, but what was that like growing up in that and? Um, how did that make? How did that? Do you have a relationship with God? Are you absolutely? Are, are you, well, the, the thing you got to remember as well is that when you grow up in like a yeah. religious sect or religious fundamentalism, you don't know anything else. So, my for me, my grandpa, my grandparents represented that, and they were who I lived with. And so, you you know, I know my Bible inside out still. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, and you just you know you learn um, you, you garner a sense of morality that is that is really uh, specific. Uh, and you you are taught things in a certain way, and that was what I came up believing because I was I went to go and live with my grandparents at age six and going on seven. So so all of that um, early teachings uh, were there, and yeah, it was very different. You know, I lived in a poor white working class uh, environment at Chorley in the northwest of England, and so it, it was really really interesting to like see your friends <laughs> your friends like home life um in in, in stark contrast to yours yeah. like, everything to what they eat to what they're allowed to do mm. you know to mm-hmm. how they're allowed to speak you know and uh, I, I don't know if people know about a seven-day adventist religion but um from from some sunset on the friday to sunset on the saturday is the sabbath so there's no nothing no undertaking of anything secular no talking about anything that's not holy no tv no singing anything that isn't holy it's very strict and and we have the, all the foods that we eat and don't, and all the drinks that we do drink and don't. You know, it, it's 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 fairly strict. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I found <laughs> quite funny actually is that obviously when observing the Sabbath or you know the SDA life, yeah, your your granddad was still very very vain. Yeah, and he kind of like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, oh, but this is fine though. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't worry about this, this is fine. Do you know what I mean? And it's like everybody has a way of kind of 
you know, making a few cracks in the religion mm. to get away with the things that they're really passionate about. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I just thought I thought I was a little tough. Yep, I've been there. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, God, God's fine with it. He's all right. You <laughs> won't mind. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's funny though because um, I was talking to my friend the other day, and he's like, his one one pair of grandparents were SDA, so he, oh. he knew that on. Like Friday, when he went to them on the weekend, it was like Friday and then like sunset until sun- Saturday sunset. It was just nothing. So he would go and he'd either just read or play Lego or whatever. Mm. And then he was like, the other side of grandparents were Catholic. So then he would actually leave them on a Saturday and go oh, to Catholic man. church on a Sunday. Oh, wow. I was like, wow, I did not know this. I did not know this. And then I saw, but then it was like that whole thing about growing older. And then once you grow older, you can start to dictate a bit more about. <laughs> where you go and uh, how you do it because I used to always go to church with my nan um, when I was up in Leicester when where she was where she is and then um, and even back here I used to always go on a Sunday morning but then as I grew older it was that kind of well I'm not I don't want to go today kind of thing mm-hmm. like well, how was that feeling for you or were you guys both of you no do you know I never did it I've never, never it. ever looked at, I wouldn't even do it today my grandparents are still living and I wouldn't even do it today and say I don't want to go for me that still feels really taboo I just oh. gradually went to live with my mums and then just like didn't come you know <laughs> but it was not yeah I could never have done that yeah. just like what they instilled in me it was so strict and, it, and also I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings for, uh, for them mm. that's everything you yeah. know and it's like what do you mean you don't want to go like yeah. this is going to save your life you know yeah. the eternal fires of damnation you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah <laughs> you know what there's there's a lot of like um dream like moments in the book like there's um the part when you're talking about you know the Manchester drug scene you're out raving and, mm. and all of that and yeah when I when I was reading that, it kind of reminded me of just, you know lights are blinding my eyes by the streets that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh, really wow, comes to yeah. mind when i'm reading that section wow. um so i wanted to ask because it is because that state is kind of evoked in the book mm-hmm. was there anything you wrote and read afterwards and been like am i remembering this right did this actually happen no i remember everything um i think uh, one of the the things about being a writer is you do you do have a clear um sense uh, like sense memory you know so so i yeah remember those things and also because of the altered state i was in it's very easy for me to kind of uh, because of you know those 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 feelings of like euphoria and um, and dreaming i'm a dreamy person anyway so it's easy for me to go that that's what that felt like then mm. yes well, okay. <laughs> I mean, why are you laughing, Alex? <laughs> no, I just find it. I just find it. I just find it so bizarre. But what do you find bizarre? I saw it when I was reading it. I read it. I read it all, and I was thinking of like just this. I want to say amazing, colorful life that you mm-hmm. had, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like you know when you wisp into this whole dreamlike mm-hmm. phase of like the drug scene in Manchester, mm-hmm. and then going down to London, and then your, your various relationships. It was just so like, oh my god, like what would it look like if I was to write, like, my life Mm. into somebody else? Do you know what I mean? So there's that level of vulnerability that you've kind of said, all right, you want to know about me, here's it in this book. Mm. And Do you not feel like your life would be as interesting or something? I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. (laughs) And that's that's the thing. You kind of write these things and then you don't, you said, oh, this is what I went through. For you, this is your whole world. Yeah. You see what I mean? When I read it, I was like, Yep, I get that with the religious grandparents. Mm. Yep, I get that with the parents. Yep, I get that with the siblings kind of thing. So, mm. you like, it's just so weird that when we live in our worlds, we don't know 
who it's going to be so similar to and then yeah. you realise how similar the, your worlds are yeah and that's yeah. what I find that's what I was laughing I was like that's just what I find so bizarre because mm. it's just so strange oh interesting yeah. I mean there was there was lots of bits in the book where that didn't affect my immediate reality but mm. I could mm. still kind of relate in some way shape or form do you know what I mean where I could be like okay I know somebody like that or I've seen something like that or just something even little like when you were on the bus and you were going from Deansgate up to Manchester Piccadilly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Victoria, sorry, I was kind of like, oh, I've been on that bus yeah. and I've been up there. Do you know what I mean? And that small part of relating yeah. makes the book come alive too. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, I mean, the honesty is, is so... It's weird. It's, it's very memorable and it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you think things and you're just like, boy, if anybody got inside my head and knew the things that I think, yeah, <laughs> they'll just, they'll think I'm some, but it's like you've really put everything in there yeah. to the point where some bits are really uncomfortable to read. Yeah. Do you know what Good. I mean? Good, yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what you wanted. Well, no, 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 I didn't have, you have to get out of the way when you're writing, so I didn't have any agendas, I was just writing what it is, but like, in, in retrospect, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, good, because, because it's, it's gritty, you know, and some of it's like a bit, ugh. You know, on reading it back because you know we're always changing, and so I'm not the person I was like even two years ago. You know, I I, I gained more, I got richer, and I look at it, I'm like, did that really happen like that? Yeah, it did. I can't believe I'm like still standing here and like in a completely different frame of mind. Mm. But you know, that's yeah, that's a beautiful thing about life, though, yeah. isn't it? It goes on. You're never you're never stuck in the present. In the, in the situation that you're always going to be in do you see what yeah. I mean like yeah. you don't you may have a tough month or whatever mm-hmm. but you know once you kind of get out of that month yeah and you look back on it you're like oh I actually went through that yeah I got through and it, it and it yeah. felt longer than it actually mm-hmm. actually was Korea. it always know? feels like everybody says oh you'll, you'll get through it and I you're know. just looking at them I, like I don't think so exactly and then later on you're mm-hmm. like wow oh, actually wow yeah I guess so it's actually mad yeah I guess mm-hmm. um, I just, just want to <laughs> quickly move on to um, like sexuality and stuff Mm-hmm. And obviously, reading the book, like the one of the first sexual experiences you have was with your with your friend, your yeah. um, your female friend. I wanted to uh. ask afterwards, oh, yeah. like during your life, did you ever feel like heterosexuality was forced upon you? No, never. No, I, but but that's because I've never. Um, I, I don't. Uh, ex- I haven't really accepted like um, certain levels of conditioning. I mean, I know, I know some of it is filtered through. We all have conditioning, but not really, mm. because I, I knew from quite early on that I was going to do what I was going to do in the moment and um, and do things with my, you know, my whole feel what I feel with my my whole yeah. heart and a whole, whole self, and that feels to me like very much. I don't, I don't, I can't really speak so much for for, for men and uh, people who identify as men and, and, and boys. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of common. Um, I think it's got like a common experience to kind of experiment in that way. Mm. But I could be wrong. Oh, you is mean it, when, you're, when you're at that age? Yeah. Mean? Yeah, I think, I think you're kind of right. I'm I think. think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. They saying like there, there were some things not to put my brother on blast or anything, but when oh, he was wow. young, you just like, came to when he was like five and stuff, he was kind of fascinated by, you know, the human body and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. he'd want to know, oh, what's that or something? If yeah, he sees yeah. something, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, I, I do kind of, I do kind theory. of understand, there's but it's because of the emotion that came mm. afterwards of your your experience. It wasn't mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, we did this and it was mm-hmm. fascinating. It was kind of like. Wow, I, I like he was more than just the physical act; he was the yeah. actual person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, a feeling of like togetherness yeah. and um, you know, and, and certain aspects of love which which are present in friendship, which I've always been interested in, in kind of like uh, thinking about, like speaking about, and uh, yeah, describing. How did that make you feel about relationships thereafter? Which one? That particular early experience? Yeah, I mean, like, so. Okay, so obviously, phys- well, I want to say romantic relationships yeah. thereafter. Would you say that that kind of made you think, I'm literally just going to always, like, did you, was there no level of shame? Because with mm-hmm. men, it's like, they've got to deal with the, sh- the shame and a lot of, like, pride that yeah. goes with it. The context is slightly different for women, mm-hmm. but did you feel any of that? Funnily enough, no. And I don't know if it's just something I was missing, but I've al- I always, as soon as I um, started to identify, you know, in that kind of romantic mm. or romantic sexual or uh, whatever, I've never um, made a distinction um, between between who who I love and, 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 and whether that's, you know, right or correct. I, I like authentic, uh, authenticity, uh, and even growing up in that strict kind of like religious um, understanding, I still know I, I, just the importance. I think there's maybe an artist's in, in, importance in 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 being um, strong in in those um, really natural primal feelings and, and understanding. Like, okay, I feel like this about this person. Like, who am I to? to kind of question that that uh, the mm. feeling is a feeling is, mm. a, is, is a real thing you know so so yeah it's okay. kind of like it is what it is yeah it, it <laughs> yeah. really is what it is yeah <laughs> i don't want to close parts of me down and of course that that's the stuff that gets you into trouble as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. know but mm. don't you want to like live a life you have to live yeah so i mean there's one part in the um in the book where you talk about, you know, you wrote a book about four middle-class white women and there was some oh. white lesbianism in the book. Do you still have that book? So it's called Swinging Roundabout. Yeah. Yes, it's in storage in, in LA. Oh. Um, but I, I remember it. It's probably in my old, like, Gmail files. Like, I, yeah, I remember it. Mm. It was a terrible novel. I sent it off to everybody. I wrote it when I was 18 and I yeah. sent it off to, like, all the literary agents in oh, London. God. Of course, they rejected the rule. Like, it was it's a, not quite what we're looking for. It's a pass, the passive aggressive emails. Uh, oh. 
Right. That was interesting. It, it, it's like chiclet. Like, it's like really, really what you call chiclet. Like, it, yeah, it should have like you, pink. Like a, you think you're going to push to get that published? No, because no, it's, it's just something that like you're going to very like, deep. Do you know, I only have one black character in it, and she was oh. like a side, like a friend, because it was, it was what I was consuming. I didn't yeah. realize that, mm. like, at that point, even at 18, which I, I guess I, I wish that I had known that then, I didn't realize that our stories. Were were, sto- were stories that would be published and like, you know, and I think I was still trying to cater mm. to you know what I what I saw. I mean, for example, was that something that you were concerned with then at that age? Like, were you kind of like, I want to read something where there's characters like me who look like me in it? It was all unconscious. It was all unconscious because I was on such a, and I was still in the northwest of England and I was on such a diet of like very white literature. Like I only came into into uh, the, the literature of, of my people um, late in life actually. You know, I, mm. did, I did, I did. And then it all came at once and I was like, <gasps> yeah, it was same, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then so you're saying like you were like writing about what you saw and stuff. Yeah. So with the like you said there was mild lesbianism. Were you around people who were dating other women? No, I, it was just like complete fantasy. Fantasies. I was like, oh, imagine, <laughs> imagine right. if this could be the case. I mean, it could. It, yeah. I mean, it could have been. But you know, I was I was very curious and just yeah. wanting to know more more I about think, that. I did that what, via fan fiction. Did you? Ever, did, did you guys ever write fan fiction? I never wrote that. Nah, never. I. fanfiction.net was a crazy crazy dark place I don't know what happened (laughs) is that where Fifty Shades came from I don't know because it started with fanfiction didn't it Oh, I, I don't something know. Something like that. That's but, what I thought, yeah. But there were some stories in there about Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, and I was like, these people are really like trying to not PG these, oh. these, these novels. Mm. But people use fan fiction to kind of create the fantasies and yeah, yeah, do all of that. Of course. So, do you think it was kind of cathartic then for you to write about those women? the relationships that they were potentially having. No, I think it was just fun. It was just fun. I was like, oh, yeah. if only. So you, didn't yeah. think too much, you didn't think too much into it. It was I, just, I'm going to write this. Yeah, I never do with writing because you, then you're in your own way and then you're analysing and editing while you're doing it. And I, if you want to be wild in your writing and you want to be wide in your writing, you can't do that. You've got to move and let the, the, the other thing come that's coming because it's bigger than you, actually. When mm. you're writing, it's like... You know, whatever you believe, whether it's spirit or God mm. or whatever, or inspiration, it's something that like has to come through you, and so you have to like gracefully just exit yeah. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. So, because early on in the in the book, obviously, you know, you find out, um, you know, father's Nigerian. We find out that you know he's he's died of liver failure. Mm-hmm. Because of that, was has there ever been kind of a disjointedness between you and the Nigerian side of you? Well, the disjointedness happened naturally because I didn't know it. Mm. So I didn't know because all my family are Western and they're all Jamaican. So like that was the side I've been to Jamaica lots, and mm. you know that's the side I, I, I knew and understood. But as soon as I um, began to have Nigerian friends, and that you know, you quickly got to understand my culture actually through them because my mum couldn't tell me, you mm. know, because she was she's Jamaican, and uh, you know their their um, their affair, their relationship was a brief one. Uh, but no, it was something that I was wanted, you know, and something I still I, I still can't wait to experience even even deeper 
Mm. Yeah, because I've got my brothers and sisters in Nigeria who we, I write to and stuff. Oh, so. right, okay. We haven't met yet, though. We're about, we're going to meet like next year. Yeah. Like it's going to mm. be. Have you been yet? Been to Nigeria? No, no. I'm, go- I'm going. I'm going next year. Okay, it's so which be... part of Nigeria? Oh, Jos. Yeah, Joss. in the northern. Northern. Yeah, it was like, is that yeah. is that Hausa? You're asking me like I'm Nigerian. I'm asking you because, man, you're from the continent. They speak Hausa. <laughs> Hausa. But the tribe is called Mupung, which oh, is like okay. a small tribe. Oh, right. Yeah. We yeah. have a very specific language as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So I did my 23 in me, and I'm like 93.1% <laughs> West African, 6.5% European, and then... Six yeah, so I'm just... You can't trust those things, though. I'm mulling. Why can't you trust them? I don't think you trust them. Because they they, they have to assume things about you before they do the test. What do you mean? How? You you don't type in anything, but... So you you didn't have to give them any information about yourself? You literally just... Literally, literally, it Mm -hmm. was just your name, Mm -hmm. your email address. Yep. They send you the kit. Mm -hmm. You spit in the kit. Yep. You send it back. You spit in it? Oh, yeah, my you God, say you spit in it. Blood thing. No, 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 no. That's so what I thought as well. No, you spit in it because it, they take it all through your saliva and all that stuff. But you don't, but it's, it's, a, it's fasted. So you yeah. you can't eat before or else it damages the yeah the thing. But they don't take anything. You don't click, oh, Afro-Caribbean. No, no, I know. You know what I mean? Because like, that would just be like, well, they would make that easy for They take that mm. and then they, they run with it. And then I was like, well, I want to see whatever I get comes from it. Then I got it back and I was like, wow. So they've just listed four countries mm. from West Africa. Where, which ones? It was Liberia, mm. uh, Cameroon, Ghana, Nigeria. Liberia? Really? Liberia, you know. This is what I mean. No, mm. And Cape Verde, so five. So wow. that's that was, really interesting. That was, yeah. that was interesting. So I'm waiting, to, I'm waiting back on the percentages for each. But mm. overall, yeah. that's the... That's the thing. And then obviously European was like Ireland, Scotland. And then there's a few from Scandinavia. I don't know, uh, I don't know about wow. that. God, I would never do one of those tests. Yeah, I don't really? know why. Pay money for them to tell me I'm 100% African. It's just long. I can't be bothered. I already know I'm fully Ghanaian. Like, I don't need... <laughs> I don't need how much do you pay? Like, 150 quid No, 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 no. I, well, I got my January sales, Derek. Oh. You know, oh. Like, so I'm, I have to make sure that I get, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it discounted cheaper. But yeah, it was pretty cheap. It wasn't too bad like 50 quid or something mm-hmm. and obviously with the 23 me, they tell you about you know you're susceptible like, to Alzheimer's or all oh, these different things and they that's t- hereditary traits as well but anyway I say all that to say oh you're from Nigeria right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes certainly am I would yeah. love to go yeah I'd love to go over and just have that and, and like to know that you're from there is kind of a to be like we are home kind of thing yeah, yeah did they definitely. feel like that when you went to South Africa did I feel like Yeah, that? did you feel like, oh, this is home? Did you feel like... I knew I was, I was aware I was on the continent, but there's so many, like, um, more... You know, there's there's a lot of um, other things happening under the surface in South Africa, which is, is you know, is really palpable. Um, and so I, ex- I had an amazing time there. I did particularly feel like... it. When I, if I think home away from home, it's in a different way. Just that I was there for a long time and I really connected with the people there and started to really understand it. But no, not as um, my birthright place. Mm. Not no, it's quite different. Uh, well, uh, when you when you decided to go, mm-hmm. was it an easy decision to make? Because in the book, it's yes. kind of like a jump. Yeah, yeah. it was a jump. Okay, I, just, I had to do something else because I had like quite crazy um, feelings of depression and mm. when i say crazy i uh, let me let me reiterate yeah, yeah. i actually mean in um intense strong mm. like very strong feelings of i've got to do something different to to, to break this up yeah so did, did writing help 
I mean, before you went to South Africa, I assume you were obviously still writing poetry. Um, it only really kicked off again when I was in South Africa. Mm. I had stopped. Uh, but yeah, it helped because I, not the act of it, but just like maybe the moment of when you come to share it. That's that, That's what helped. Right, right. Also, obviously performing kind of. It really, really did. Yeah, yeah performing. Yeah. yeah, performing just kind of like made it really really apparent that that's what i wanted to do and that's how i wanted to reach people mm. I didn't, didn't know before just feeling at sea is like one of the hardest things to feel yeah yeah isn't it it's just mm. what was one of the like defining moments so you know when you people get so stuck in a routine like mm. you know you feel like your life is a rut and you just yeah. continue doing stuff you're just con- you're doing 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 but then you kind of break out of that so obviously going to South Africa was probably yeah. that kind of well I'm going to go here yeah kind of thing. like are there any other defining moments that you that you guys have had both of you the defining moment was there when I was like well I have to go because you know I can't stay here because yeah. I'm just not in the, the right uh, mental state my capacity feels um, like inhibited and so uh, I went over there and that wasn't that easy either there was lots of things happening it was still all of that like um, the troubled things that was like like choking me and like appearing at various moments was still there because it's going to be there wherever your whatever your coordinates it's it's going to follow you mm. you know unless you like dealt with it so that was still happening so I was like God am I ever going to feel good mm. you know am I ever going to feel like life is like is 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 a, is a light thing is is an easy easy thing is a is a good place and um, and. No, like I had to figure a lot of things out. And then um, and then I, I happened across this poetry night uh, that used to happen like, weekly. And they were like, can you write about, like, you know, problems, discord in the family? And I said, yeah, I can definitely <laughs> do that. Uh, and then I started to do that and started to go every Monday and do that. And just the, the fellowship and the people. Mm. And the, the South African poets were incredible. Mm. Like, just the energy and, like, just... You know, it was just wonderful. Yeah. And then I started to like do it more and more and take it really seriously, yeah. like as an art form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you do? Oh, I mean. <sighs> or do you want that to? Or do you want to have a defining? Do you want to do that? Oh, is there a defining moment in my life? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm still waiting for it, bro. I'm still it. waiting. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> it will come eventually, hopefully. Mm. But as it stands, there hasn't really been anything. Or maybe, I mean, maybe five years from now, I'll look back. And then recognize it, why obviously I can't recognize it mm. um, right now. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, you know, in in your book, there's this really amazing moment that gave me chills. Where it's after Rue's, um, after Rue's been going through his stuff. Mm, yeah, and then um, you're you're sitting in the, I think you're sitting in the car with him, or you're on the phone to him, and he's just like, you're kind of like, how are you coping? And yeah. he's like, oh, you know, I'm doing music now. I'm doing yeah. this new thing called Grime. Yeah, grime. I was like, oh, I yeah. Was like, yeah. I was, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, Yersa gets it. Like, yeah, gets yeah, it. That was yeah, a, yeah. That's probably my favourite part of the whole thing. I read that thing. and I thought, Derek, wow. Yeah, because this, uh. is, this, is, how, this is how the man were, were coping with things. They were yeah. making Grime music, yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And he's like a, a really, like, a, I love his, uh, I love my brother's music. He sent me some stuff yesterday, actually. He's like, yeah. what do you think of this? Yeah. But... Yeah, really. Of course, I'm gonna be biased, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Are you guys still close? Still very close? Yeah, mm. it's exactly as it, you know. I said in the book, you know, there might, there might be a long period of time in which we don't speak, and then then we do, and it's like it's like we're, we're close. Mm. Yeah. I was gonna ask, like, and but all of you, all three of you, 
what about your older brother? My yeah. older brother also. My older, but again, we like we have the, the massive chunks of time in which we don't speak, yeah. um, and we're all doing our separate things. And you know, I think there's many reasons for that disjointedness, as outlined in the book. Uh, but oh, when we come together, it's it's lovely. And my grandma was ninety last uh, July, and so oh, we, all, we all we um, all went to that. Uh, it's like a little reunion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask about grief, but I was going to ask about it in the roundabout way but I forgot how I was going to ask you but how did it help how did it help you like push the get the get the words out for it because it's a very difficult piece it's very difficult to write about I can imagine you know you're, it you're, is it is um, I think in any um, space like that you just got to break it down and be as truthful as possible mm. uh, and you can't identify with the trauma that's in your life or think that you're still there you know because I'm not I'm definitely not I don't identify with like thoughts of, oh God, this happened, it was so bad. No, I'm a different place, you know. Yeah. So I think maybe it helps because I'm objectively looking at it. You know, I'm not looking at it from like a, a damaged or like a um, point of view where, you know, I'm still un- underneath it. You know, I'm really not. So I think that helps to have that perspective, that, that, uh, that distance. Yeah. So do you think that if you weren't completely over the situations in the book, you wouldn't have been able to write about them? It wouldn't be there yet. Everything happens exactly as it's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to do it now. Wouldn't have been able to write the book five years ago. It wouldn't be complete. You know, it's got to, yeah, it had to have happened now. Mm. Yeah. And there's a reason. I think there's a reason for those experiences in the book so that the book could be here. And like, you know, there's... There's there's reasons beyond I think what we all know and understand. There's like yeah. some divine order or whatever, yeah. and and I just I just like try to play my part in yeah. that, you know. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So now I wanted to ask the obvious question: What is the terrible? The terrible is a personification of a lot of different things. It is addiction, grief, loneliness, despair, anxiety, bereavement, depression. It is like all of those things. Uh, And the reason why I personified it was because it can become a thing that follows you. It can be you, you know. It can can become... um, a human-like, monster-like entity that you you feel like you can't rid yourself of, and everybody I feel has their their own version of their terrible. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it's one thing; for you, it's the other, and it's a thing that has to be like reckoned with and dealt with before you can like get on with the other things in your life. You know, and so like when I say the terrible as well, it's tongue in cheek because actually the terrible has lots of beautiful qualities too. If the terrible did not have that, then I wouldn't get a, a, a novel out of it. You know, mm. so I kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been difficult at times, but I'm, I'm happy that I had my version of it. And my version of it allowed me to tell a story, you know. Yeah. Great. And now we're going on to Mercy Flicks. So, <laughs> what did we pick this week? What did you pick this week yourself? I picked a film called Fish Tank. Oh, God. Yeah, Alex, you didn't like it. I could I tell like you it. pursed your lips up. You were <laughs> like, I thought I got the wrong film. <laughs> I Why didn't you it. like it? I don't know what it was, but it felt like not necessarily close to home, but <sighs> I recognised a lot of people from school in that mm-hmm. story. And um, so basically growing up, like the first few house parties I went to were in houses like Mia's oh. and, and whatnot. And um, and families like Mia's and whatnot. Yeah. And, like, I remember, I'll never forget, there was a one house party and it, one guy and his mum 
was at the house, but we were all 15 and whatnot. And she was all like, shots, anybody? Shots? And she was walking around with the apple sours. I'm like, this is so irresponsible, <laughs> but, oh I'm, but I'm still going to be here. So um, that's kind of what it reminded me of. But then it was a, the story was interesting. Mm. And it, does, it was one of those stories that needed to be told from that perspective because I think it's another, like, what's the word? Another segment of reality that people don't tend to acknowledge. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's in a soap, for example. Yeah, yeah. So I liked that element of it. Mm. But I kind of got to an hour and a half in and I was like, so we're having a, we're right, this is a story about nothing really I don't know it's kind of what I felt like God. it was like a, it was, I don't know Alex man what the fuck help, it's, me. It's, 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 help it's, me it's about life bro like when I when I watched it I, the, the thing is I couldn't watch it comfortably because I knew it was coming and I hate watching things like that so mm. I was kind of like when is it going to happen like can it just happen you know mm. and then after it happened I was kind of like okay now I can watch it but mm. one, one thing I did love one second is what which we explain what the film is to people Right, we've really just gone in. Yeah, like, we've really just gone into it. Well, I mean, it's hard to... It's Fish. basically a film about young girl Mia. Yeah. She lives on a council estate. Mm-hmm. Been kicked out of school. She's about to start a unit. Yeah. Um, her mum's a party animal. Her mum doesn't respect her, doesn't like her, clearly. Yeah. Um, but obviously, she still provides for her, still puts clothes on her back, still puts food in her mouth. Yeah. Um, does the bare minimum, basically. Mum mm. has a boyfriend. Um, I forget his name. I just see him as... Connor. As Connor, the sleaze, sleaze. Fucking sleaze, anyway. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's it. It's just basically a couple of days in her life and what it's like to be mm. Mia, the things yeah. that happen, what goes on, blah, blah. And yeah, I, I, bro, I loved it, man. I thought, mm. I thought to myself, I've, like, I've, I've had friends like that. I've still got friends like that. that. People, I always see people like that running up and down the street around my area, yeah. doing a madness, you know, trying to, you know, smash windows with spark plugs and all that kind of, <laughs> that crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, I, Fassbender, he's such a great actor. Oh yeah, it's like, I that. just I yeah. hate I hated him in the movie. One because I knew what he was gonna do, and he really tried to make it out as if to say, "Oh, I just really care about this kid. I really, you know, you can be a dancer, you can do whatever you like." And I'm just kind of like, right, you're dis- you're disgusting." Mm. Oh, interesting that you knew what was. Maybe I'm naive, oh God, and I don't think I am, but mm. like. <laughs> I didn't know actually what I, you know. You get a glint in it. Maybe I just was wishful thinking. I just like oh, it's just hope for the best in people, even yeah. if, you know, in a film. But I didn't know that that was going to happen. Really? I, yeah, no, I think I'm I just think too so. cynical. Yeah. Just yeah. think. Yeah. People you're you're also awful. a man, so you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You kind of there was there was just a tension there that was growing. Yeah. And true. Like, as soon as he came on the scene, I was like, oh, yeah. probably maybe yeah. this might happen sort of thing but yeah. I don't know do you know what I mean and when it got to the end it's so funny because when it got I'm so used to watching like Nollywood movies yeah mm. that when it got into the end I was like Ross are white guys actually do this as well where they've got a whole nother family yeah. and they're do you know what I mean yeah. I was just like wow Ross are white guys do this as well because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so programmed to watching these Nollywood wow. movies where that's these kind of things and obviously hearing my mum talking about stuff as well like, but then also when she obviously took Fassbender's daughter I was so scared she was going to kill her. I was thinking... I was like... Really? I was like, please don't kill you this little girl. You think it would be that dark? It probably... Or by accident or something. Like, when she dashed her into the water, I was like, that's it, it's done. Yeah. Because I thought to it's myself... Like, wow. I actually thought to myself, like, what is she doing? Like, why is she taking this girl? Even when she, she, even when she pissed in the living room, I was a bit like... This is all a bit gross. Really? What's going, what's nah. going? I was just like it's trauma. Yeah, I was just like she's so she must be so rattled right now. Yeah, that she's just like I was like yeah. Oh my god, 
Oh my god, <laughs> this nah. is happening. This is happening. But yeah, no. Nah, um, You've lived a sheltered life, Alex. If you think that's wild. Oh my. It's not even that. I wasn't even expecting that to happen. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, I was like, what is going on? She yeah. Is yeah. Out, she's out here in somebody else's house doing a madness. And, yeah. you know, it's not just someone else's house, though, But it? it's, you know, she must have been really confused because it's, it's someone, you know, when you that age, you're desperate for dad. You know, you're desperate for, and you're a girl as well. You're desperate for dad and then dad becomes something else because it's it's confused. Mm. And then that happens, which, which makes it bonds them even further. And then she goes and finds out that's traumatic, man. Yeah. You know, because her mum's not, but she doesn't have anyone in her life, really, mm. like close to her. And her mum's not there, mm. so... Did you know anybody like this growing up? That's uh, inverted story, the terrible plea. It's yeah. like, you know, I, I mean, I, I was brought up, you know, I had like a certain amount of like manners and gracefulness that you have to have because, you know, I'm black and you don't, I'm not, not running the streets, you know, being like, behaving like her. But I understood the other, the, the things about it, you know, the partying, the, you know, the need to escape. And so maybe that's why I love it so much. And I also love the direction of it. I love Andrea yeah. Arnold as a director. Definitely, the way, it was brilliant. Yeah, like the, the, the sound, like when she's like doing, doing that ridiculous like dancing. Mm. And it's just like, you know, that shot where she's just on her own in that like council estate place. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I really loved it. And I, I think one thing I really didn't expect either is when she got to the dance audition <sighs> and it was a strip club. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, good. I was kind of just like, oh, wow, okay, so this is what... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sad, yeah. But, yeah, you're right, the the sounds and everything was just... It's like I was saying to you earlier, that after I watched the movie and I went downstairs, started making food and walking around to the shop, I thought to myself, am I imitating this movie or is this movie just really captured life so perfectly that yeah. I feel like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Did you not find it nostalgic music-wise? I love the music. Oh yeah. my god, the ending with "Life's a Bitch" by Nas. I thought I was sick. Yeah. I thought I was sick. When they were all dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, loved it. Loved yeah. it. I thought, wow, okay, this is cool. And was, there, there was a lot of hip hop in yeah. there. Yeah, like that was the music of the time, like yeah. of the 2009. So we had the Cassie, we had the Ashanti, especially we had all of this yeah, stuff. especially for for some for them because you know like that that for the, that demographic they're like emulating black culture a lot you know what I mean and mm. so they love the, 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 the music like that mm, mm. but there was only one black person in it and it was just like oh. a glimpse yeah like you yeah but look at where it is exactly as well, you know yeah. what I mean where, actually where was it I don't know <laughs> was, oh, I thought Essex but then I didn't think no it wasn't oh I can't remember like, but I, read, I, had, I had Tilbury Tilbury but where is where is that I have no idea <laughs> you know the main yeah. actress in that movie they found her on the street Basically, this oh, Andrew Arnold always does this. Yeah. She did oh, really? this with American Honey. They oh, came wow. out as well. All right, yeah. It was so yeah. There was, she was like, they saw this girl arguing with her boyfriend on the high road, and then she had no acting experience before, and they just cast her. She's in EastEnders now. Is it? Oh. Yeah, she's one of the um, Slaters. Oh. I did not. I don't watch Hayley, EastEnders Hayley Slater. Do you still watch EastEnders? No, I went on. I went on IMDb during. <laughs> But yes, I do watch you send this sometimes. Do you? I'm, I'm not about to be judged. About no, it. I would never. I'm not about to be dragged through the mud on my I own ju- show. I, all right. I judge not. I judge not. No, um, no, because like my parents watch it from time to time. Yeah. Do you get EastEnders in in New York? Is there like a channel no. you can watch? No, no, no. Oh, wow. Just I mean, no, maybe they do. I do not get. No. I don't have a television. That's oh, good. Right, okay. I haven't had one for years. Is that peaceful? That must be peaceful. Yeah, like this. Is, like my apartment is like the quietest place on earth. See, 
peace. That's yeah. kind of what, that's what I want. I don't think I'd have a TV in my apartment if I was to have an apartment. No, I'm a real... I like lo- aloneness and silence. That's, yeah. that's like my... But the best therapy for me. The yeah. poet's life. Yeah. Is it is it all <laughs> the white? Writer's life. It's it is all white, but that wasn't my choice. It was like that when I moved in. All right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's multi flicks, and that's that was Fish Tank 2009. Is that what it's called? Yeah, two, 2009. Yeah. Is that is that the full title? Or is it just called Fish Tank? No, it's fish called tank. Fish Tank, but it come it came oh, out yeah, in 2009. Yeah. So fish Tank. Yeah. All right. right. Where can they find you? Yes, sir. Oh, goodness. So if you want to find me in real life, um, <laughs> oh, that sounds a bit. I'm um, I'm going to be like in London. So I'm in London uh, on Monday at um, a, this thing called, um, it's, it's five times 15 and it's a seat at the table at Conway Hall. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, is that with the pool? Yeah, yeah, the pool. There's like, there's lots of people. There's like, I'm not going to say everyone's names because I'm scared that I'll get them wrong, but there's like five speakers and they're incredible. Yeah. Mm. You know, like Yummy's yeah, evening. Yummy. She actually, oh, great. And uh, on Tuesday, uh, a place called Second Home, and I think that's at, that. Yeah, that's at um, six thirty. And then on Wednesday at the British Library, which is my last night here. Whoop. And uh, yeah, I think that's seven o'clock. Awesome. Yeah. And do you want them to find you on Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah. So on Twitter and Instagram, I'm just my full name, which is Yersa Daily Ward, uh, and my first name is Y R S A. And then yeah. Daily Ward. Da- You're so Daily lucky Ward. you got that handle early. Like the full, you could have your full name in there. It's just brand. But am I? Yeah. Am I? Because yes, like, you are. <laughs> who's going to choose that? It's really like Actually, complicated. Yeah, yeah, it's have you met another Yosa before? Um, there is a, there's another, there is a famous writer called, but they, they're like, it's a very Scandinavian name, but they mm. call, they're like Ilsa. It's oh, like okay. Yerisa. Yeah, yeah and she's like really famous. It's like crime and like thriller novels. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, she's really famous. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, you can find us at Mostly Lit on Twitter, mm-hmm. Mostly Lit Pod on Instagram, yep. mostly.lit.com. <laughs> mostly mostly dash lit. Mostly com, dash com. lit. Sorry, that's com. the website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you can send us emails yeah. at mostlylit at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, we have our individual um, hats in, the, in our bio. Yep. And don't the, forget that we're going to be at the Last Word Festival at the, Camden Roundhouse. On the 17th of June. So grab your tickets, come down and see us live. All info's on the website. Yep, cool. So be there. So thank you, Yosef, for coming down. Thank, thank you. you. I loved it. Yes. Taking time out of your international talk. Can you imagine one day, like internationally, we can say, well, we're going to be, you know, in New York. Yeah. No. You'll probably be doing that like in two months. Oh, imagine. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yeah, mostly lit. You wish. Oh, of course it will. But yeah, thank you for coming. All it right. Was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you for inviting me. All right. And we'll see you guys next week. Catch you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.